0: Welcome to Creatively Christian, a podcast by Theophany Media where we inspire, inform, educate, and empower creative Christians of all types. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Hollingsworth.
1: On today's episode, I get to visit with singer, songwriter, author, and entrepreneur Aaron Everett. We hope you enjoy this encouraging conversation where we talk about the creativity of good business, as well as how our work is a service to others. And stay tuned after the episode to make sure you enjoy the original song by Aaron. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to another episode of Creatively Christian. Uh, Andrea Sandifer here. I get to be your host again today. And today I am joined by Aaron. Uh, Aaron comes all the way from Colorado, where I used to live, kind of in that area. And so this was kind of fun to be able to connect and kind of talk through um, a few things Colorado with him in our prior conversation. But I'm excited to bring him to you guys today. And Aaron, I'm just going to have you get us started by telling us a little bit about yourself, like um, kind of where you live there in Colorado, your family, and a bit of your ministry work highlights.
0: Sure. So uh, I live in Windsor, Colorado, which is just about an hour north of Denver. Um, That's probably the most familiar thing for people when they talk about Colorado is where is Denver. So we're about an hour north of that, just below the Wyoming border. Um, I've lived here most of my life. I was born in Utah while my dad was in school over there, but just for lived there for briefly, brief, brief moment, and then came back to Colorado. And family's been here forever. We've been here in Colorado since 1917, so um, wow. it's kind of, and it just really is the place we like to be. Uh, although we, you know, we we kind of call our, I call myself a child of the West because I I love Wyoming, I love Colorado, and of course had this little stint in Utah when I was nine months old that I don't remember. Um, I have four boys. I've been, uh, I've been married 20 years this year, married, uh, uh, Prairie Rose. Who's wonderful. Just a lovely woman that i met at, uh, well, through some connections at Bible college while I was in Canada. And, uh, we have four boys. So two 17 year old twins, uh, 15 year old and a 14 year old. So we're right in the thick of being teenage parents, but super fun. My kids are wonderful. My wife, um, homeschools our kids and uh, I think we do that as I've as they've gotten older definitely been more engaged in the education portion of it too so I kind of help out a couple of days a week with doing some things with uh, an old friend from college that we do a literature class together with them and uh, and then I just kind of feel like generally education uh, there's that's a long big topic in our house but um (laughs) the seven sacred subjects that everybody wants to talk about i I tend to like to think about education a little bit more holistically and we approach Mm it a lot of ways so it might be on the river fishing it might be skiing one afternoon and maybe just a conversation in the car so um that's a lot of where how we tend to educate our children and um, it's been a fun adventure a hard one for sure um I always tell people, don't ask my wife if she wants to continue to homeschool in May because it's by the end of the year.
1: <laughs> Give her the summer off to, re-
0: to recoup. <laughs> we approached it that way from the beginning and, you know, kind of said, well, we'll take it a year at a time and
1: mm-hmm. now we're
0: towards the end of it and uh, we're still taking it a year at a time, but uh, yeah, good stuff. I, um, I do all sorts of things. So I'm, uh, I'm in the real estate space right, currently as a job. Um, so I'm a real estate broker developer, kind of do some things in that space and have always been in that because my family's always been in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've worked for a family business for 15 years and did some other things along the way, but I've kind of always been in the real estate space. Um, as far as my like ministry stuff and what I've done, I was actually I kind of, I left Colorado for a minute, wanted to go see if I could find a, I don't know, a different adventure. So I moved to Canada. Um, just totally on a whim. I had a friend that was there and uh, they were like, you got to come to Bible college up here. It's an incredible experience. And so I moved kind of sight unseen to a little town called Strathmore, Alberta, um, just outside of Calgary. And I went to school in that area for three years and just fell in love with Canada. And also at the same time, fell in love with playing music. So I started at that point, wanted to be in a band had some friends that were from Bible college and we started just getting together and playing music and then we made an album and we just you know next thing one thing leads to another pretty soon we have a minivan full of sound equipment traveling around the country <laughs> um, playing music so that, that was the fun time of that was kind of the a really fun time to do music because you could actually still make it work you mm. you'd have t-shirts and cds and stuff and so it was Something that if you had all that stuff, you could always find a way to get to the next town. And we had a great time. It was like four years time um, spending a lot of time on the road, just probably 100 plus days a year traveling and playing music in different shows. And um, it was awesome. It was a really great experience. And I just had a blast doing it. Been very involved in our. Uh, churches local churches over time you know you switch those every once in a while so been involved in that uh quite a bit play music in the band play bass in the band most of the time because there's never a bass player so I usually do
1: <laughs> and um I don't yeah. know I was looking for an electric guitarist earlier this morning my <laughs> bassist was solid but the electric one he he tailed off I'm like oh no so yeah, I need you somebody, never know uh, well,
0: especially <laughs> world it's like if you don't have a bass player and electric guitar player you're in trouble so
1: you are in trouble <laughs> um,
0: yeah so anyway I do that and then um i started i've always loved writing so i wrote this book uh a few years ago or a year ago i guess i was released and just have had a lot of fun doing that and, and kind mm. of playing around in that space and get the chance to talk about the book and preach at a couple of churches and um it's been yeah it's been an it, a good thing, really, um, I kind of in college had this big kind of revelation about who Jesus actually was. So I became a Christian through young life in college, kind of had this revelation about the fact that, uh, you know, I kept trying really hard to work my way towards, um, <laughs> having Jesus like me and, um, realized in college that, that actually there was, that was an unattainable thing. Cause he already did yeah. like, So I was pursuing something that was already completed and and then kind of just beat myself up about it and got to a pretty low spot in my life and had this revelation that God might actually like me and love me, even it wasn't just a platitude in a, in an old dusty book. So yeah. that was kind yeah. of a cool thing. And and out of that, I've spent the last however long in church mentoring people and kind of participating in this. And then this kind of culminated by writing this book and trying to come to a place where I could articulate to my kids mm. what yeah. I what I hoped they wouldn't have to actually just go through as an experience that I went through, which was this kind of, I don't know, season of depression and misery, thinking that Jesus, you know, was up there in God, you know, in heaven, sort of keeping track of everything that I was doing wrong. And then, you know, sort of at the end of the night saying, ah, well, you messed up again today, but I guess it's okay. You know, I kind of flipped that script a little bit in my head and I wrote this book to hopefully help my kids understand that at some point if they'll read it.
1: Yeah. I love uh, when you told me in our prior conversation that you'd written it for your kids. I just thought that was wonderful. And I, what a great way to embark on a project, um, to write something for, you know, for somebody specific like that, and then watch it unfold and be used in other ways. That's just icing on the cake then. Um, Yeah, it's really great. It
0: was, you know, I, sometimes you just, because I like to write, I thought, you know, that'd be fun to write a book. I wonder who I should write it for. And I wonder what I should write it about. Mm. And, you know, there's lots of things that I would love to write about. I do, I write for a lot of different things and I just love to write articles. I love to write different stuff. Just as one of those things that it's a hobby, I don't make any money doing it, but it's really fun to do. And I thought, you know, that's a great audience. My kids, I would, I would hope that if if someday I was hit by a bus and was gone out of here, Mm. that they might have a good memory of, uh, or at least have a chance to go back and understand what I thought about Jesus, what I thought about, um, Christianity and faith, so and why it mattered to me,
1: yeah, that's awesome and uh, I don't know if we're we're going not gonna talk too much about your book today uh because as yeah. people will know uh pretty soon here you're pretty business savvy so I wanted to kind of like yeah. hone in on some of that, but tell everybody uh, what the title of your book is and maybe how they could find it
0: yeah, sure it's called Careless in the Care of God, uh, which is kind of a, a stretch from Eugene Peterson's message it's a little sprays and Sermon on the Mount that I really liked. Um, and so that's the that's the title of the book. You can find it on um, any pretty much any place that's out there. I did do, uh, I did it as an audiobook on a podcast, so you can find that too. So if you want to oh. just listen to it, it's it's a podcast. That's like I would read a chapter or two of the book, and then I would do my thoughts on like, hey, this is why I wrote this particular chapter. So that's kind of out there too. And um, yeah, just to, just something for somebody to go listen to or read at some point along the way.
1: Very good. We're going to have to have another offsite conversation uh, about audiobooks. I'm doing a few, uh, (laughs) producing a few for friends right now. uh, And I'm a little lost on how to do that. So uh, we're going to have to talk uh, after this a bit about that. So let's keep going, though, because... um, Your love of business is something that really kind of drew me to talking to you today, because that can be such a stumbling block for creatives. So how did you discover your love of business? And, you know, could you kind of expand on how you believe we can view the business side as another vein of creativity?
0: Yeah. So I fell in love with it actually by uh, buying a ledger at Target and a blue folder that I had track of all my stuff like when we're on the road and we're no one in our band was you know everybody's worried about playing the music and how good to be sound and this stuff and I was worried about that too but I also knew that I had four guys in the truck and we needed to get to the next town and so there was no way to do that if we were just not if we were going to not figure out how to do that you know you you take so much money in and there's going to be so much money that has to go out for food and hotels and other things along the way and you know if you don't do that well you can find yourself stuck in Brookings, south dakota pretty quick (laughs) so um i kind of was like well i'll take this on i i kind of am intrigued by this conversation about how to do this and so i fell in love with it actually by i bought a ledger at target and i bought a blue like folder that was a collapsible folder that had a lid on it and i would shove our receipts in there and every night when I'd, we'd finish the show, no matter what time it was, I'd get that thing out and I'd start to write down, you know, what did we spend and what did we earn? How many CDs did we sell? How many t-shirts did we sell? And I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and I realized like I could sustain us being on the road by simply taking care of those details. Mm. And so the, long, the more that I wanted to be on the road and the more that I wanted to play, the more places I wanted to play, the better I had to get at that. And and so, you know, because you got to stretch every dollar. And so there were nights that it was like, well, tonight we have $5 for dinner for the four of us. So go buy some combos at the gas station. And that's what we got. So I know it may not be great, but we didn't have a great night. We didn't sell enough CDs. But if we had just put that all on credit cards or whatever, then we weren't going to make it very long. And so we had to have a system. And so I put that together. Um, my bass player friend used to joke about that, we we I put a label together, right? So I put like this record label together, and that was how we would do booking. So it was it felt like we had a little bit more substance there than might have been, because we were our guy was calling from Targee Creek Records, you know, to book the show.
1: Yeah. And
0: and so we put this record label together and my bass player used to joke about that Targhee Creek Records was a blue folder in the back of our band. <laughs> and it really was. I mean, hey. that's really what was happening, but we were trying to build this. And we, you know, eventually we had other artists that wanted to try to participate with us. And so there was this, and there was enough money to make a CD for them so that they could get on the road. And so it was just this kind of fun deal that ended up being um, something I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed it. And started to realize like, Creativity comes in all sorts of forms and fashions. And I think people who play instruments and write or whatever, right. Take pictures. Sometimes we, we want to disassociate those two things. We want to Mm. say that making money is kind of this dark secret that you have to have as a creative. Mm. And so there's this like, you know, I don't want to make any money because it just seems like it's corruptible and evil and all, you know, money's evil. And I really kind of approached it the other way, which was like, well, I could stay on the road if I make money and I love it out here. And I really enjoy being with my friends and I really enjoy meeting people. And I really enjoy the ministry we're doing. And I really enjoy all this stuff that we're, we're kind of being able to do simply because I'm getting better at doing this, getting better at doing the business. I'm getting better at booking. I'm getting better at asking for the right, you know, the money at the end of the night and all the stuff that were like these fundamental principles of how you do business. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really fun to see that kind of materialize because then you become something that doesn't have to be these mutually exclusive things. I, I don't have to just be a creative person or a capitalist. I get to be both. To be and, both. I, and I think that's really fun. I, I actually, at the end of the day, I think capitalism is this beautiful thing where I have to service you in order for you to part with your hard green earned money. Right, and so if I'm not if I'm not at the root of service in that, then I really don't. I'm not doing anything. I'm just I'm just kind of moving along. And so if I view capitalism as a actually a, a gift of service and something that turns kind of from a, the perspective of being a believer that I want to love my neighbor, capitalism just is this kind of great medium and exchange that allows us to do it efficiently. But it doesn't have to be evil, and and I think that's something that. Um, artists and creatives tend to love to fall into this camp that, you know, it's just, it just stinks that I don't, that I can't make, you know, money, such an evil thing. I flipped it on my head. It flipped on my head when I was out on the road. It's like, man, I get to keep doing the fun things I love doing. If I earn money and by earning money, that's not evil. It just helps us keep going. And so that's how I fell in love with business. And I've done a bunch of businesses. I kind of call myself an insatiable entrepreneur because I seem to always find another thing or try to to solve a problem by starting another business or whatever. And I love it. And I just, um, it's a fun deal. It can be exhausting for sure. But at the same time, I get a lot of energy out of it. And I find that the creativity about how to do that is really attractive to me as far as being a believer like that's a creative space too they don't have to be eliminated just because i play the guitar or, or write a book or any of that kind of stuff like i don't that doesn't mean that i can't also find creative things to do in business like how to solve a problem or how to pay payroll or how to make this month's rent in my operations like that takes a creativity
1: you know Yeah. Yeah. And I love your view of capitalism in all of this, that you, if we view it as a gift of service, then, and, and echoing, like, if we earn, we get to keep creating, like we get to keep going. Um, I'm getting ready to release a single and it feels kind of, again, that sticky, like, ah, now I got to start earning money and, (laughs) You know, d- you, but then uh, I get to write some more. I get to produce more. Uh, and so that's, that's, it's a gift. It's a gift of service. I love that. It's really good. Yeah. I
0: think that's, I think we just, I, I don't know. I think our whole, I don't know, this is a little bigger topic, but I think, I think our society in general views people who want to try to ch- achieve, because there's been unscrupulous people for sure in this space, but the lion's share of us just are like, we're just people that want to f- do this together right? Like mm. you have something that I want. So the easiest way for to us to do that is to exchange money. That doesn't, I might change, I might trade you chickens for it at some point if I grew chicken, but maybe you don't need chickens. So money kind of becomes this really great vehicle that allows us to do that. And so it doesn't, it doesn't make it evil. Mm. And I think people really tend, to, especially creatives. <laughs> we love to vilify the whole system, but it's like, man, this is a beautiful system. Art is beautiful because, we have the chance to exchange. Like if you have something that I want, if you have art, I want, there's no better way. Like maybe I could write you a song about it or something like that, but that exchange may not help you feed your kids. And I, I just think right. the whole thing is so um, it's such a beautiful, wonderful thing that I, and we, it doesn't need to be vilified quite as much as it has been.
1: No, I agree. That's really great. It's uh, a nice perspective shift. Um so Aaron, you as you've been talking through, people are catching on. You wear many hats or you have worn many hats. Uh all the while you have been a creative yourself. You've been writing and creating music. Um, we have a lot of hobbyists that listen in. What are your best tips for those that are busy doing the day job and still want to create?
0: Find the space, keep doing it. You know, I think I think it's um, it's really easy to get discouraged again. Some of those things that, that are inhibitors for people. Ah, I don't have the money to make a single. I don't have the money to buy a microphone. I don't have the, because I don't, I can't do it. I think the reality is, is try your best to just keep pushing into it. Try your best to do what you can. It doesn't, it's always surprising to me how much people want to limit their capacity to do those things. Um, you know, I think people look at me and like, well, how do you find the time to do all this stuff? Like, well, I did because you make it, you make the time to do it. I think you try your hardest to go try to find that space to make it work. Um, and it may not be amazing. I, when I was writing songs a lot, um, I had a great mentor in the songwriting space who told me write a song every day. Mm-hmm. It might stink. might be the worst thing you've ever written, but force yourself to finish writing a song because you never know if the bridge from that song actually ends up being a bridge you use in a song down the road. But if you're not doing it and you're not trying, then, you know, what you'll do is just beat yourself up and say, well, that song stunk. And that was no good. And I don't, I'm not good at this. It's like, yeah, well, nobody's good at this. You got to get better. You got to practice. You got to get better at doing the things you do. I think the same thing has always happened for me in business, even where I first, you might have a really great idea. Somebody told me once a great idea is born every 15 seconds, but there's very few people who will get off the couch then at that point and take that idea and make it into something that takes something inside of you. That's a fortitude that you have to, that's a muscle you have to exercise and make. It doesn't just, it it doesn't just happen for people. It's not something that you just get to have a great idea and all of a sudden you're rich. There's a lot of work between those two things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that, that means that you, you have to try to make that muscle work. And and I think that's really important because I, most of the time, again, as creatives, we don't love to talk about that kind of stuff. We don't love to talk about the work that it takes to get from mm-hmm. my talent to my treasure. Like there's this gap there that takes a long time and a lot of energy. And sometimes there's failures and sometimes there's successes and sometimes there's real failures like going broke and all that kind of stuff can happen in that but the pursuit of it is really a muscle. It, it builds a muscle in you that's just special and and unique. And the people that'll do that, and will do that work, even as hobbyists, the people that will do that, um, will find that at some point the success sort of naturally comes because you you've built a muscle that you didn't have otherwise.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a great way to view it. Is almost like. Uh weight training that, you know, keeping, yeah. keeping our, keeping ourselves fit for our creativity yeah. by doing a little bit every day. Um, a song a day. Wow. Uh, ah. Yeah that that was intense i'm sure uh and and like you said they were probably you know half of them over half of them probably were trash and you're like "Mm, never gonna see the light (laughs) of day but (laughs) the puzzle pieces like being able to take a a melody from here or a lyric from here you know we can view songs as almost like um a puzzle to where you may have a, a thousand different parts and maybe only 20 of them fit into this song and you know narrowing it down to an idea or something but uh at least you have the content to work with. You have yeah. the pieces to work with. If you have yeah, that was, content, that's great.
0: It was such a great, I mean, whether we, you know, whether I could pull it off or not was a different story. I mean, it's really hard <laughs> to, you know, to sit down and try to write a song a day. Yeah. It's really hard. However, what, what it did for me was make me pick the guitar up every day
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: and sit there and try and try again and try something else. And there's plenty of times where it was like, oh, I'm too tired and I just want to go to bed and I'm not going to do it tonight. Yeah. And that's a real, that's a reality because life does get in the way of those things too. But the discipline of making yourself try, um, mm-hmm. is just something that's so critical. I, yeah. And creatives, we're not natural. We don't have a natural tendency towards that effort. We just, we look at things differently because I think, and I'm speaking as a creative person, we look at it and say, it should, our creativity is the sort of pinnacle of our experience. As a person, mm-hmm. and so when we do that, then we think everyone else should notice the pinnacle of our experience. <laughs> yes. without without anything in there. And the reality mm-hmm. is, is like people don't know who you are. They don't care. They got their own things, and they're you know they're worried about burning their chicken dinner tonight, whatever it mm-hmm. is. They're mm-hmm. not they're not going to just naturally be inclined to look at you and say, "Gosh, that's a really creative person," um, and I really like what they have to offer you actually have to put the work in there to get that, to turn that talent into something else. And, mm. you know, the Bible talks about that. I mean, it very clearly talks about like, you don't just put it in a, you know, just bury it in the ground. You, you, you work at it, you, you try your best and, and you put effort at these things. And when that happens, something comes of it and there there's just a natural tendency to that. And I, I think if we flipped our, mindset about that as, as people and as creatives and looked at it and said, yeah, well, there's work to be done here. Even in this space, I'm not owed anything just because I simply have some talent and I'm, and I'm a thoughtful, creative person. I have to put the work in. And I, yeah. I think that's really a message that most creatives want to skip past.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I like that. That's good. That's another good shift. Uh, speaking of shifts, you just thinking of your career and, and and just how God has brought you on your creative journey and the different hats seed he's yeah. ha- had you wear. Um, I love when we can take a step back at a certain point in our lives and look back at all the things God has had us do yeah. and how he's taken fragments of those those moments, those seasons and worked them together. So have you seen that uh, as a reality in your life?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the best part about telling the story of of Jesus to people is yeah. that I, that I think I have been much more open. I think as people of faith, generally, this is probably true, especially as you're younger, you're much more open to the movement of, of what God might be doing. Right. And so you, again, it's another muscle you develop over time that the, the Holy spirit works within you to say, well, I want to be open to as much opportunity as a possible maybe I don't know where it's going to take me I don't know who it's going to put me in front of but I want to do the best I can to be open to those things and so well, I kind of learned that right this when I moved to college when I went to Canada that was you know my my story up to that point was hey I'm kind of living here in Colorado everything's pretty safe pretty secure I have you know been around here forever. We've been in the real estate business. There's, there's like a whole business for me to just jump into and be a part of if I wanted to. And I just felt this stirring inside of me. Like, I know I need to do something different, right? I need to go find my, my, my voice. I need to go find where I sit in this space with with Jesus and, and with spirit. And so I moved and that's Like already that starts a story that's Mm -hmm. more incredible than I could have ever written on my own. I meet some fantastic friends lifelong friends that are people that I still, I mean, we just, we were just in Wyoming fishing together 23 years later. Um, We do it every year, you know, and it's just these, these people that are super deep, lifelong rich friends that we can share everything about. I wouldn't have ever met them with not having gone to Bible college through that connection, I meet my wife and then I have my kids and then I come back here to town after we we decide, Hey, we're, it's probably time for us to get off the road. We'd like to have children. And that's not a, you know, it doesn't feel like that's going to be a a sustainable life on the road with kids and all the rest of it. And we kind of want to do the American dream thing. want to have a house and a dog and whatever. Um, (laughs) and so we do that and, and, and all the each of those steps, right? I move. I do come back, and I eventually work for the company, and I learn a ton from my dad and my granddad that I'm working for. Um, and and in the middle of this, I, at some point, I thought, well, I should do church work. I should really be a pastor at some church, and I should be a music pastor at a church. And so, kind of went down that road and pursued that, and realized I had a great conversation with my uncle when I was kind of trying. I, that had kind of come its run its course trying to decide if I moved again and got another church job. I had an actually an offer in Eagle river up there in Alaska coming through that and trying to go through that conversation. And I remember talking to my uncle and he said, you know, I got into business. He was, he had been a campus crusade guy type of person and had come back and worked for the family business. And he said, I've had more influence with non-believers in this space than I ever would. Have I had, I stayed in the church. And that resonated with me profoundly because the truth is, is like, especially in Colorado where we are, we are 95% of the people are unchurched. They don't go mm-hmm. to church. They're not Christians. They're not believers. And so I, I look at that as like this huge ministry field to be yeah. involved, to be able to chance to, to speak into folks' lives, operate healthily and my own life in those spaces of business, do it ethically, do it well, do, uh, have those conversations in places that they never would have like, they're not coming in the doors of the church, but they might, I might have the chance to have a conversation with them over coffee or an afternoon, you know, uh, place that, you know, go to the Mexican restaurant and have something with them. So that stuff has been really cool to me as well. That's a chance to just have different, more profound conversations with people that don't necessarily know who God is or who Jesus is. They know I go to church. They know I participate in things. They know who I am. They know how I live. And we're friends reg- regardless of what their current position is on what they think about faith. Mm-hmm. And and that's been awesome. And so the, the different business things along the way that I've done, uh, man, I have <laughs> probably too many for this episode. But I, <laughs> you know, I, kinda, I left the family business at one point because we, we were fourth generation business and everybody was going gosh, we have really competing interests. This is during the 08 meltdown in real estate that everybody kind of might mm-hmm. be aware of as a family. I'm 30 years old at that time. And my granddad's 80 and he's still working every day and I'm working every day. And we have really competing interests at that point. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, but batting down the hatches and I'm going, my whole future's in front of us. And this is the best opportunity we'll ever have in the real estate business to go buy property and getting, get at prices that we won't see again in our lifetime type of thing. And so it was just kind of one of those moments where we just felt like, man, we are all at an impasse here. Let's break yeah. this thing up and let people do what they need to do with it. So we did that. And I took a wild adventure at that point and went off and um, got in business with my cousin and on another side of the family and my mom's side of the family. And we did an interior design business and, all sorts of crazy stuff with that. We did a manufacturing business where we built this stuff that was like a wall panel that we manufactured in, in here in our town, sold it all over, sold it in Dubai and New York city and Philadelphia. And so on the, I was on an airplane all the time, traveling to try to sell this stuff. And it, and all the way along, I'm meeting all these people that I would never have interacted mm. with. Had I been a pastor in a church, you know, right. wouldn't have happened. I would have been localized and I'm not diminishing that at all. This is just my, the path that I, that God had for me. And I, I love it. Like it's just a beautiful thing that I got to meet all these folks, interact with all these different people all over. I mean, honestly, from, from coast to coast uh, in every place possible and on the phone with people in Dubai. And I mean, it's, it's a wild thing. It's a wild adventure. And, and that business took a pretty hard turn. We, we kind of actually had a big failure in that business. And that business led us to try to find another creative solution. So we bought a bunch of campers and did Airbnb out of the campers and then sold that and were able to kind of recover some things. And each of those little moments, right, is just something that I feel like God has been, he takes take down these paths and He never knew. I, I thought back in the day when I had my guitar across my shoulder every day and I was traveling and I was traveling a lot of places. I got to go to Italy and Israel and London and all over Canada and all over the United States. And I thought, man, I never thought that my hands would take me to these places. Mm -hmm. And now I think this is crazy because that just got exponential. The people I've been able to interact with and all because I learned how to do business in the back of my truck. And now I'm on this side of things, having this chance to have done all these businesses and be a part of all these different things. And um, yeah, I'm so thankful for it because my life is super rich Because of it, I've had just interactions with all sorts of people and wonderful stories that come from it, and a chance, honestly, to be influential, an influential Christian in their life that isn't just, frankly, coming from like a weirdo space. Like, I'm actually coming from a space that they're in, and I'm going to them and having the chance to be in their space. And I don't have to invite them to, you know they don't have to come to me first. I get to be in their space and they get to know who I am, I Get to learn that I actually do believe in these things. And I think it's really mat that it really matters and that I'm actually being guided by a, a Holy spirit and all those kind of things. Like those are conversations. I would never, we're just never going to interact. Right. We're never going to interact unless I'm in this space. And I just think it's so beautiful that that's the gift that God gave me over the last 30 years of my career, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love just that that overarching theme that I feel like God is taking you on is be an ethical man of business. And I'm going to put you in these different positions and these different situations and uh, locations uh, to interact with people. And that's what he's calling you to do. And that's, it's awesome because, you know, you think about the ministry of Jesus, even, you know, he traveled around. Yep. He walked into towns and he talked with people and he, you know, yes, he taught in synagogues and, but more often than not, we hear about the stories of people he met along the way and the impact that he had on their lives and, uh, you know, stooping down and being with them and uh, having, having dinner with them and just in conversation. And it's beautiful. Um, I think that's, that's a beautiful picture of what it means to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So it's awesome. So because business just, it just seems to be something you're really excited about. Uh, And for those of us that um, struggle a bit to get excited about it, uh, what would be maybe um, one of the best things that, or pieces of advice or a tip or a resource or something that you would point people to, to maybe grow in their business sense a bit?
0: Probably the best piece of advice I could give you anyone is go find people that are totally... Oddballs, You know, they don't fit your creative world and pick their brain about this stuff. How do I do it? Show me how to set up a Google spreadsheet. It's not terribly hard, but honestly, for most people, it's just a foreign language. It doesn't make any sense. I don't understand that this is a big calculator and it helps you under, keep track of things. And it's always available. And there's really cool tools. And most people are just like, oh, I don't want to do any of it because I just I hate numbers. And math was never my strong suit. Math was, I sucked at math. I was terrible at it. Um, I really was. I was no no good at doing the math in the class, but as soon as it turned to a tangible thing, mm-hmm. okay, if I make this much money, I get to go to this place and stay in this hotel, and I actually might have a little left over to go do something fun. Yeah. That like that just became so alive for me that I think I would have never experienced that had I not tried to really understand philosoph- philosophically that that's. Important. It was important for me to continue to do what I really wanted to do. It's help me get there. And I think if you surround yourself with people that are just not your type, you know, <laughs> as creatives, we just we love to surround ourselves with the people that are just like us. Yeah. And there are Christians who who like feel like, especially the way the church works, you know, the guy that does the spreadsheet isn't nearly as uh, prominent in the church world as the guy that plays guitar. <laughs> so. And I, you know, but there may be some validity to why that is the way it is. But the, but the truth is, is there's like there's a guy in the back that's doing a spreadsheet that's got a lot of talent to offer. Um, somebody that doesn't know how to get from point A to point B in that space. And I, I don't know. I that's probably the best advice I have. I I think everybody has an answer about business. I think there's there's a, like I said, there's a thousand books. There's more books being written right now about business and how to do it than mm-hmm. this podcast. You know it's like a thousand things that have already been written while we've talked.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, no kidding.
0: I just think you find some, some surround yourself with somebody and I, you know, like I said, I loved, I love doing that for people. I, I love that coaching piece. Cause I think people just need to understand that there's like, you can be awoken to this space and actually it doesn't have to be as laborious and awful as everyone wants to it out to be.
1: Yeah. And, and I didn't kind of prep you for this, but um, I would love to know how do you go about, inviting people into like a coaching relationship with you?
0: Yeah. So I just kind of love to hear their story. I love to kind of understand what's going on. And then if I can, if I feel like I can help them, then I'd like to do that. Um, I, I, then I would do that. Otherwise I'll tell them, Hey, you know, based on what you've got going on here, are a couple of books, I'd probably recommend you read or some podcasts you might join in on. And then these are the kind of people you need to be looking for. You know, if I can help them in that space and kind of coach them through it, we, I do it. Interestingly, I do it by reading books with them. I don't actually, and they're never business books. I don't read business books with them. We read old funky books about Jesus from the seventies when we do that stuff. And then we have discussions about it. So then we talk about, you know, well, what does that look like? Most of the time I can do it in person here in town um, or in our community, but a lot of times I can do it over the phone or, you know, these kind of Zoom calls type of things yeah. or sit down and we read a chapter and then we talk about it. And what does that mean philosophically for you as a person? And it's surprising when you start to do that and you get into the philosophy of life and in what you actually think about things and what you believe about things. Then uh, amazingly, you start to be able to put stuff in good buckets that allow you to know, okay, well, this is, this is how I might manage this. And that's, I just love seeing that stuff come to life. It's pretty fun.
1: That is, that sounds very fun. Like coaching through relationship and like getting to know, because every, every creative person, everybody who hobbyist or not, you know, like anybody pursuing it as a career, it's going to look different. There isn't going to be any cookie cutter solution to, um, helping them forward. So, uh, that's really cool. You're getting down in the trenches with them a bit. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. And I don't have the answers for their business. Right. I don't, right. I don't have the for yeah. their. Like, I don't know how to, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you how to write a hit single. I mean, I think the music I've written is pretty good, but it, it never went anywhere. <laughs> Got me from town to town, but that was about it. And so I can't tell them how to do that stuff, but I can right. tell them that that's what they want to do. And that that's what they want to, how they want to operate, then there's opportunities here to figure out how to do that and live that way and live philosophically out of that way so that um, they can be successful at
1: that. That's really cool. Uh, Awesome. Okay. Um, As we kind of round the corner on our talk today, you know, one of my favorite things to do is encourage creative Christians um, or just encourage people in general. But um, I think, there isn't enough of that going around in the world. I don't think wow. we we take the time to encourage each other very much. And I think um, one of the drum beats we've heard in doing this show is people just needing to hear something that'll spur them onward in their creativity. So what what is a message that you feel like um, you like to share with creatives the most and maybe something that most of us need to hear a bit more?
0: Yeah. Well, I think, so I I guess the, and again, I'm not to bring it all the way back to this book I wrote, but the last chapter in the book is kind of this whole thing for them, for my kids. Right. And I tell this story about a a friend of mine and I, we, and a bunch of us, we do this fishing trip every year and we ended up in the middle of, um, you know, we we were in the middle of Colorado. We're fishing this great river and there's this like perfectly shaped tree. My friend is, he owns a nursery, a really successful nursery. He's a business guy. So he owns a nursery. He has not a stitch of music in him at all, but he's again, another guy that's super creative and has just always trying to figure out how to do business better. He owns a nursery back in Chicago. And so we were together and he's like totally mesmerized by this evergreen tree on the side of the Canyon. And he's, he's like, man, that's just like the perfect tree. It's the perfect specimen of the tree. It's beautiful. It's like exactly the thing. And I, and you know, that happened. And then we were driving, we're going fishing, we're going to go fishing on another river. And so we're driving up Glenwood Canyon, which is this beautiful Canyon in Colorado right in the middle. It's like it's, it's totally stunning uh, interstate yeah. runs right through this amazing Canyon and the Colorado river runs below it. And we're driving and everybody in the car is like, you know, Oh, look at how good God is and how creative he is and how big he is. And how Matt, you know, he's almighty and he made all this stuff. And I was just struck by the fact that I think, We can also flip that story around uniquely if we want to think about how God, how much God loves us, which is that he might've made that moment specifically for us in the car that morning, Mm. like the whole creation could have been set up just for that moment. He's that good, right? Like he's that powerful and amazing that yes, he did all of these things and made all of these things, but he uniquely made that tree just for my buddy. Like, if I think about that, and I think about the creativity that that would take as a as a creator, it's unfathomable that over the whole course of the history of the world and everything that could happen, God might have. Did he do that for us? I don't know, but he might have. And that's pretty cool to think about. And I think it's it's a word of encouragement as somebody that needs to keep going, right? Like, I think sometimes we just it's so easy for us to just get down on ourselves. The world's a mess. I mean, you can't you can't even open the news without finding out how horrible everything is everywhere all the time. And I think we, you know, my wife this morning, we were kind of like talking about everything that's going on with our kids and how are they going to do this? And she just said, you know, it's, this is like a, this is a moment in which we need, this is a God problem, right? Like we need to have a God big enough to solve these problems because we can't figure and then I think about, well, that's a really powerful thing. If I think that God is that inst- influential that he might have made that moment for my friends and I sitting in a car driving down Golden Canyon or a tree for my friend, he's that good that he would do that. And he's that powerful that he might be able to solve all these problems. Like it's easy to just get down in the dumps and just say, I, I can't do it anymore. I, I quit. You know, nobody wants to listen to my songs. Forget it. I'm out of here but the truth is I think the world needs your songs. If you're there, that person, he needs my book for whatever reason, right. <laughs> A goofy thing that I wrote, he needs, you know, he needs your talents at your church. Like he needs all those things because he made you he's, and he loves you. And he's not just, not just this. He's not just this sort of great chess player in the sky. that's mm-hmm. just kind of hoping everything, you know, he's, disappointed when the move doesn't go right what It's nothing like that. I think he really actually just is so profoundly in love with his people. And we may not, people even that may not yet have named that Jesus matters to them. He's Mm -hmm. still profoundly in love with them and he wants the best for them. And he's, he's talking to us all the time in these ways, you know, here's a sunrise just for you. Mm -hmm. Here's a tree just for you. Here's a, here's a, a, a sound in a river that you, you know, it's just, that stuff makes me realize how much God, like how much he loves me and how much he loves my kids and my wife and my friends and my world and the people that I don't know and the people I'm yet to interact with and how much He cares about us and how powerful he is in that space to be able to do that. And, um, and I think that's something that I would hope people would be encouraged by. Like if you are a creative person and you're struggling and it's a hard place to be, cause it is, it's a lonely world to be a creative it really is. I know it very well. Um, it's really easy to give up. It's really easy to quit. It's really easy to say, I don't want to do this anymore. Or blame God that he made you a creative. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, oh
1: yeah. Why find, did you wire me this way? <laughs> yes. Find
0: this in that. And I think yeah. um, if I, if I can encourage anybody, it's continue to flip that script, yeah. continue to, to not put yourself at the center of that, peace but to realize like boy this there's a god that just adores you and loves you cares for you and actually is trying everywhere he can to speak to you Mm -hmm. um
1: yeah and I, and I, 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 i love that and i i think that is it's kind of and this is just i'm i'm trusting that the holy spirit is doing this just through our conversation but it almost to me almost feels like that tree that God created, that your friend marveled at and was touched by, that was a gift of service from the Lord. Yeah. And we can view God in his creativity and everything that he made as a gift of service to us. And then, you know, as Christian creatives, we are then in turn creating God is inspiring us and creating through us in a way extending further gifts of service to each other, and who knows if the book that we write will maybe that will be for someone specific that we have no right. idea, that right. song that we write we don't know it's just our yeah. it's just our gift of service to put it out and let God do what He does, and I think that's awesome. That's yeah. An awesome and I, encouragement to keep going.
0: Yeah. Keep at it. You know, you don't know. And I think just like you said, that's I wasn't expecting that my friend would be totally enamored by this tree that yeah. God had made. And then it took him back to where he couldn't, you know, sorry. Yeah.
1: That's a cool thing
0: that uh, sorry. That got me. Um, that's a cool thing that God would be that good.
1: He's so kind. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. This has been a really great conversation. Thank you so much for this. Um, oh, as we I'm wrap not. up, no, this is good. And this is, <laughs> I, I love convers- I love doing this because I feel like we, we can really encourage each other forward in what we're doing. And um, by kind of talking through and letting the Holy spirit even guide our conversations, it's just, it's beautiful. And it's just such a gift. And I'm thrilled to be able to do this and get God, to know too. people like you and I'll be encouraged by you too. So, um, okay, Erin, uh, any upcoming projects that you are, mm-hmm. uh, in the works and might get to share with everybody? You
0: know, we're always writing stuff. My wife and I are always writing songs. So we, we, you uh-huh. know, we're, we are trying our best, I think, to do another EP at some point. Um, we released the last one four years ago. We did, uh, We did a Christmas carol, too, that we kind of rearranged um, a few years ago, too. That was a couple of years ago and had our boys play viola and violin on it, which was really fun. That's super cool. But we've been kind of we've always (laughs) talked about trying to do another one that was a little bit. um, The last one we did was just we we commissioned the producer and said, Hey, everything we've ever done before was always kind of acoustic piano and acoustic guitar centered and focused in the sound. We don't want to do that. We want to like, I don't even really hardly want to hear the acoustic guitar on any of this stuff. And we don't really want to hear the piano. So he put these cool soundscapes together for us and, mm-hmm. and then kind of went in a different direction. It was really fun to do. I think we want to try to do another one. That's kind of more in line with what we've always done, which is more acoustic and, and, folk country type of thing so i think that's kind of where we're headed right now so we're working on that i don't know when we'll be done with it or you know how that's going to look but um we're we're right now you know you're you're doing the, the heavy lifting and writing songs that takes a long time it does <laughs> it doesn't work you got to make sure they're good and you know all that kind of stuff so that's kind of what we're working on at the moment i'm cool. always writing i'm always writing so um constantly doing that stuff and would love to write another, you know, that's just for fun, but I really enjoy that a ton. And then business wise. um, Yeah. For my own self in terms of projects on that stuff, um, we're just, uh, I'm just looking for the next opportunity. I started a kind of a small um, local delivery company. Mm -hmm. So we do localized deliveries for small business. So we wanted to try to compete with Amazon. So that ought to be interesting, but That's kind of what I'm doing is trying to help local businesses be successful in that space um, and give them the convenience that Amazon does for everybody, but also help people not have the excuse that they can't shop locally. Um, So kind of in that space at the moment, that's been a really fun, wild, amazing adventure to get into that too.
1: Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds really cool. Uh, a, A way to really serve your community in that way too. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: I love our, I love our town here. I love Fort oh. Collins, Windsor, where we're at. And, uh, and i and I love local businesses and I see them kind of struggling, um, to try to compete with, with kind of the corporatist stuff that's going on. And I thought, man, well, not let's try it. Let's go get it done. And so we're in the middle of that. And that's a cool, fun, creative takes every ounce of energy you could ever hope you think that you have. And, uh, and it's great.
1: <laughs> and it's great. <laughs> I'm exhausted, but it's great. <laughs> love it Uh, i think that's the story of our lives isn't it
0: i'm exhausted
1: but it's all great um i love it well best wishes in that endeavor too and uh how can our listeners best connect with you
0: well i do have probably the best way honestly is that that website on the books that's the easiest way to get on me it's carelessinthecare.com um i think that's the url gosh now i'm saying that and i want to make sure I've got that right. That's well, okay. Um, we'll,
1: we'll look it up we'll, and we'll get it in we'll the show notes for right. everybody.
0: Uh, it's, um, <laughs> I think that's what it is, Good. And that that's probably the easiest way because my emails are there and stuff. And, and I, yeah, again, it's, it's probably more focused on the book as a website, but it's, mm-hmm. I, I write things there from time to time. And, um, and then if somebody wanted to talk to me about business or coaching or anything like that, then that would be a great place to
1: connect with me. Perfect. That's awesome. Okay. I'd love to end uh, my episodes with my guests uh, by praying for you and everything that you've got going and uh, just thanking God for our time. And then everybody stick around because we get to hear one of Aaron's original songs too. So uh, stick around for that. After I pray, he'll just tell us a little bit about it and then we'll get to enjoy that together. So let's go to prayer. Thanks. Oh, Father God, thank you uh, for this. Uh, Just spirit-filled conversation with Aaron today. I'm just so thankful for your presence here with us and the gift that this conversation was to me, and I know it will be to your your people that listen in. Lord, thank you for the ways that you've guided Aaron uh, in his life and the various adventures you've taken him on and how that has shaped and molded him into the man that you desire him to be. And we pray that that is a process that continues for your glory, Lord, uh, in his family life, in his community, in his pursuits of his creativity through music and writing. And as he comes alongside others um, in pursuit of doing business, while being a good steward of the gifts that you've given us and the resources that you've given us, lord thank you for gifting him in the ability to talk shop in that way with people and encourage them forward in that Um, we thank you for his time today to just pour in um, a lot of encouraging words and suggestions and shifts and it's such a gift lord um, we pray uh, for his family as they continue in their homeschool pursuits uh, this school year kicking off here and we just uh, pray for many blessings uh for him and his wife in that and their four boys uh such a beautiful um holistic approach to learning about um how to be citizens of this world and what it what it means to be uh men of God. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. All right, Erin, What song are you going to share with everybody today?
0: Uh, this is a song that we uh, that I wrote on the last EP we did. This is four years old. We actually it's almost four years ago. That's almost four years ago to the date. Um, this yes. is called "Please," and um, this is a song that I I think from to date this is probably my favorite song I've written. Um, and it's just it's kind of a lament about or like a prayer to God about life and when it doesn't quite seem like it's going the way you want it to and what's what's his involvement in it and how do we see it and can the, you know so this it starts kind of with my you know hey i don't know if you're quite as real as i think you are <laughs> and then moves to the end and the the please portion of this is really about um at could we be something different as people um and not just hoping that the church will do the job for us um mm. just kind of Yeah. So anyway, it's my favorite song that I've written to date. Um, And I I loved how it turned out and it was really fun to really fun to create. This is the one that I was talking about where it was just totally atmospherically different than anything we'd ever done before. And it was really, really fun to create this and put it together.
1: Very good. Well, thank you for sharing it with us today. And thank you for your time. And it was so good to connect with you. And everybody check the show notes for uh, how to connect with Aaron and Uh, Stay tuned for Please. Thank you so much for listening today. To see the resources mentioned in this episode, you can head over to theophanymedia.com forward slash Aaron.
0: Creatively Christian is a product of Theophany Media. You can find out more at theophanymedia.com. This show is hosted by Brandon Hollingsworth, Andrea Sandifer, Dave Ebert, and Rachel Oxborough. Our logo is by Bill Brooks bill brooks and andrea sandifer did our music and jake Doberens produces and edits the show